Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We've got a great show for you today. Uh, joining me, Dr. Don Reno Langley is joining me here today. We're going to talk about you are divine. You know, it's a search for the goddess in all of us. And I'm, I'm acutely reminded today, you know, I've gotten a number of emails from you all based on the show we did last night with Mark, Mark and I, um, and honoring women's history month, uh, and also honoring the strength and the power of the women in the Ukraine. And I uh, got a lot of emails and about the fact that we took the time to do that. And we recognize the power and strength of women all over the world, even though Women's History Month is a thing that started in the United States. It is not the energy of that. It's about honoring, you know, what is the journey, what it's like, where we've been, what we've done and where we are meant to go. And if I um, if I've learned one thing in 20 years doing this. Is it so important, as my friend Lynn McTaggart would say, is for all of us to hold the intention of nothing but peace and freedom and do that in whatever way you want. Because as we search for the goddess in all of us, we will find after speaking with Adon that uh, and going through her fabulous book, what we might find is that there's a there's something we relate to at certain point times in our life. Maybe at one point in time in our life, we're eagle woman. Maybe another point in time in our life, we're a different goddess. Maybe the, whatever it is, it is a time that we get to acknowledge what it is, why it is, who it is, and how it is we manifest that energy. And the fact that I get to speak with Dr. Langley about this and about this incredible book, which we will talk about today, is how much we have not talked about it, you know, how much we have not talked about the warriors, the goddesses, you know, even when I think about the feminine face of God, you know, how, how often have we left that part of who we are out of the conversation? But that's what we're going to do today because I have a very incredible guest joining me here, you know, writer, theater critic, editor, writing coach, you know, author, you name it. What we are here to talk about is who she has become, what she is passionate about, and why this book now is a message for our time and the boldness that we're seeing of women. The image, and I'll leave you with this, um, 
but let me let me bring on uh, uh, Dr. Lang- uh, Dr. Langley. Thank you for joining me here today, Don. It's so great to have you on the show. It's such a pleasure to be here, and thank you for that wonderful introduction because it is so important to talk about this. The image that hit me last night, and Mark and I spent a lot of time in the beginning of the show. The image that struck me reminded me of growing up in an era where men and women, but women in particular, were highly energized goddess energy. Now, a lot of the people that we have that are uh, of a younger generation don't even know Gloria Steinem's name. Right. You know, if I say Bella Abzuk, they just don't know about that. But the image that happened last night, as I was reading your book again, it just hit me. A woman, elderly woman, in Russia, protesting and being dragged up and arrested. Now, that's not finding the goddess in her. I don't know what is. What do you think? Oh, she absolutely has it. That heart is huge. And obviously... She's not fighting for herself. She's fighting for her family. And that's what this is all about. It's not, I'm not saying that divine feminine and divine masculine have to be split. I believe we have both in our bodies. But what we haven't done is to appreciate that type of feminine energy that is strong and powerful and has been labeled mean or or, you know, throw her out of the the conference room, you know, that kind of energy, that kind of strength has been in so many goddesses and so many philosophical religions, whatever you want to call them all over the world. I mean, in a lot of religions, not only were we the top dog, but we created the world, the sun, the earth, the moons, everything. And I think that if, if we got back even a tiny portion of the respect that we gave goddesses back before the world was quote civilized, um, not only would we be much stronger within ourselves and able to uh, say no and just have it be no, no excuses, no, I'm sorry, but you know, we would kind of couch even our language with these apologies for being female and yeah. we we shouldn't have to if it, but my point is is if we do that for ourselves we do it for each other and when we do that we create i've seen it happen in my own life when i was publishing my last book i created this net of women who just kind of buoyed me up through the whole journey and helped me on every single leg of it and yeah. were there and it was such an incredibly powerful force. Um, you know, we kind of, we've lost that a little bit, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've um, competed with each other a lot of times. And I think that I, for one, um, I'm trying to give back now to the women who are younger than I am, who may be coming up through the ranks and who need some support. And somebody to just say, you know what, you may not want to do it that way. You may want yeah. to think of this this way. Yeah, I'm I'm at the same place as you are. Um, uh, But one of the things that I'm really, really interested in, 
you know, that it relates to the time we live in is when you, you know, you open the book by really having a conversation with us about both the divine feminine, divine masculine. And so often it's very difficult for people to have a conversation about both. You know, in, in my experience, you know, when you try to have a conversation about both, I always have to preface it, especially if I'm doing a workshop, right? Because especially a workshop with women. And, and I come out and say, today, you know, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this feminine, masculine, goddesses, gods. We're going to talk about that today. And I will tell you that mostly for me, my show up energy is part of the divine masculine. And you could see people's mouths just drop. Like we're not here to talk about that, Pat. We're here to talk about the divine feminine. But you and- have about both thank you that's and and i was thrilled to see how you open the book Mm -hmm. because it sets the stage for why we need to find the divine feminine and the divine goddess in all of us not Mm -hmm. that it doesn't exist it has literally vanished in conversation yes what do you think yes i believe so and you know it's a, a lot of it, it falls under a term that is uncomfortable for most people. And we chose to keep it out of the book because the book is supposed to be about empowering yep. women. But through the centuries, through our history, there has been a holocaust of women. Just women. It didn't really matter what era, what family structure, what uh, race, religion, whatever a lot of the deaths, a majority of the deaths of women in history have been through uh, abuse or, you know, being killed for being female and knowing how to use an herb or being killed for being female and wanting to dance in the moon or (laughs) not listening to your husband or not cooking the meal right. And there's just millions Billions of women who have never been put on the rolls as killed because of being female. It's the women's Holocaust. And it's just, I think over the years, yeah, you kind of, we get blind to it, but it's still happening. It's still happening. And I love that you said that. Maybe that's the next article you write, because I haven't had the right words to think about it. But as I was going through your book, um, I, and, you know, I got to sit across I've got to meet so many amazing women. You're one of them. See, people ask me, oh, my God, Pat, every show you do is in support of somebody else. You don't have a book. And I said, you know, I love honoring the people that come on here. I especially love honoring people that honor other people. And that has been a 20-year journey for me. But I have to say, I was reading your book. And I was struck. I can't remember which chapter it was. Um, I think it might have been the feminine face of God. I can't remember. But I reflected. I had a flashback Hmm. of my corporate career, right? You know, corporate career, a researcher, all of that. But I had had an image of sitting across the table and funny, you're showing up today exactly with her glasses. And <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. I was sitting across the table at a corporate event from Gloria Steinem. 
And we brought Gloria in and Linda, who's the producer that, that, that brought you on today, gave up her seat so I could sit and have lunch with Gloria Steinem. Wow. And I have never been so shell-shocked ever. But her presence was so bold. Her manner was so graceful. And I looked at her chewing on a piece of something. And I just said to her, what is the call to action here? And you know, those big glasses, right? And she stopped and she looked at me and she said, every day do something outrageous. Now, I got to interview her later on in life doing the show, and I got to give her an award. And I'm reading your book, and that quote rings true in every chapter and almost every paragraph you have here. And I, I want to ask you this question. How do we get this message? How do we bring this forward other than you and me mentoring women? How do we bring it forward? to ignite, ignite that, that spark that I got to experience in a time of mega women, crazy change. How do we do that in today's world? I think, you know, unfortunately, I think that it's already been started. But um, the Me Too movement, even before that, when, when, I marched in 2016, was it, or 17, when we had those little pink hats. Um, <laughs> and I thought, wow, it's back, you know, we're, we're marching again. Um, and it was good, but Me Too kind of brought it to a real moment. Yeah. Uh, it was like, okay, how come so many of us have experienced such degrading abuse throughout our whole lives. You know, I got it just from being a blonde little girl, you know, right from the time I was able to understand somebody was patting me on my head because I looked cute, you know, and it was never accepted that I had a brain. I mean, I I really think that I'm not going to say the movement because I think that the movement has gone on and morphed and changed so many different ways in the past 200 years. But I think that if we continue with recognizing ourselves in me too moments, then we also need to recognize ourselves as survivors. And we're going to change this, this past, this history. And like I said, you know, I really think it's just a matter of sitting down with somebody and talking to them. I talked to, oh, 30 or 40 women when I was researching this book, all asking them the same questions about their uh, spiritual journeys and how they saw themselves as women in their spiritual journeys. And I was fascinated by their stories. That to me, just sitting down and listening to another woman's story says to me, we have we have walked some of the same path because we are of the same yeah. background. We're female oriented, female, you know, we call ourselves feminine. So that that is 
part of our path, whatever, you know, country or town or whatever we live in, we all do have that path. Yeah. And I, I, mean, have, I have a really, yeah. Um, my philosophy of the divine feminine and the divine masculine is that I was a lot more of the divine feminine as I was younger, when I was younger. The more I age, the more I find that strength of that divine masculine, it's kind of like flipped. And I see <laughs> my male friends, they're like becoming my girlfriends, you know, yeah. the girlfriends from high school. Um, and they're becoming softer. So it's, I really do think that we, we balance through the years too. You know, we, we have this fluidity in ourselves. I love that you mentioned that because what you talk about in the book is you talk about so many things, but I went back and I reread Divine Traits because I'm, I'm the flip version of that. You know, I'm the kid whose uncles gave her boxing gloves at age five and walked around with the two gun holster for most of her three to age six years. Right. Um, and it served me really well in the corporate world. Yeah, we don't get taught how to deal with the corporate world. No, no, no. And, you know, it took me five years to make amends to all the people Mm -hmm. that took the brunt of that from me. Right. Good. Good. But what I love about today is, and maybe you can talk about this. I went through the traits and, and I love I love your conversation on perseverance. My stepmom taught me about perseverance. But I am at a loss for how to help in the way that I was helped as a 17-year-old, an 18-year-old. You know, Bella Abzuk in my face, right? I mean, I was like, what is going on? But I came back. And the reason I don't know how to help is I did a survey and a poll. And this is really what you address in your book. And I did a poll. And it's got to be about six months ago now when the Senate had on the floor the bill that Senator Patty Murray, our senator, uh, co-authored the Equal Pay for Women. It was put there and almost went into law. And it didn't pass. And it didn't even, it didn't pass, the filibuster, the whole thing. It had maybe, maybe 10 minutes of news time. And all it talked about was the reason it didn't pass because they didn't want frivolous lawsuits. The poll I took of women, one in age groups, there's a certain age group, which I'm not going to mention. Zero out of 200 knew it was a thing. Five out of 200 in a different age group heard of it. And zero in the entire survey understood what they lost. Now, I need that goddess to show up now and help us. I don't know who she is. I thought maybe it was Athena. I don't know, but that is a goddess trait 
that I've never experienced in my life that we've forgotten. I'd love for you to talk about that because you see, that ties into what you say about perseverance. That ties into what you say about our next movement. You know, Me Too was bold, but we need a next Me Too, move, Me Too movement to educate us all, don't we? I don't know. Yeah. We need something that's not based on the pain anymore. We need something that's based there you on go. doing it. Um, and, you know, we have such a much larger platform and a way to deliver it to people than we've ever had yeah. before. I am, you know, I'm only one person, you are only one person, but <laughs> together we have a bigger voice than, you know, being alone. You have a big voice because you've got an audience that listens to your podcasts. I have a voice through my books. I do meditations every morning when I talk about words like perseverance and I talk about, you know, how do we bring that into our lives? I think that that little bit by little bit can help. Would I like a bigger audience? Oh, yes. I would love to be standing in front of groups, not necessarily leading them and telling them what they need to do, because I think that's been done. Yes, but, it has. <laughs> but I would ask. I want to hear the stories and I want women to think about their own stories and how they've seen themselves growing up. Mm -hmm. And I can, I can tell you, I'm sure that 99% of the women you talk to are going to have some kind of a female role model that she can say, whether it's mom or grandmother, mine happened to be a woman who was English and she was a journalist. And I thought, wow, she's pretty cool. And, you know, because my mother was always talking about writing too. That's, that's the role model I followed, even though she probably never knew it. Mm -hmm. but Violet Winstead, I'll never forget her name. But isn't it interesting that we can talk about that in your book, too? You talk about accepting and embracing emotions. And I love that you have this in here because I got a poor Benny and Jacob. If they hear me talk about this Senate vote like one more time, right? Hmm. You know, because it's on my heart and it's on my mind and I don't understand it, right? It's just, I'm trying to work out like, is there another way that we can communicate? And I'm reading this part and on the left of the chapter, you list the God. I love, thank you for listing the goddesses. Thank you. Thank my editor thank for that. that thank her. your editor. Thank you, the <laughs> editor, the whole people, whoever did it. And I get here because I was going to ask you, where's Joan of Arc? And there she is. The goddesses, Joan of Arc, Catholic led soldiers, right? And you go through uh, Inanna, right? Inanna, uh, totally had statues all over. And somebody walked in my house and said, what is your relationship with Inanna? I said, where's that? Where, where do you, who's that? Wow. That's too much. And I think she said, I, Nana, I don't know how it was pronounced. She's like, what do you mean? I said, do, that's a goddess of war. You got her all over your house. See, you're inviting us in not just this book, but the work you do is to activate something, I think, that is a that will deactivate our forgetter. See, I think we have like a forgetter, like 
right? I don't think it's like we wake up and say, oh, I would like to forget. No, but we got this forgetter. Can you talk a little bit before we go to break? Because I, I like you, I don't want to focus on the pain, although pain is part of the journey, but I want to focus on how do we educate? How do we inform? How does that become power then for you to make conscious decisions, right? But here's what I want to ask you about this. There's so much research that went into this. This is clearly for me. I mean, I see it. I'll acknowledge it. But there's something that was in your heart outside of what your publisher edited. There's something in your heart that wanted to drive a bigger message. Tell me what that is. You know what? I think it's, I find that at this stage of my life, I have um, a lot to share. And, you know, I'm not done by a long shot. And I would like to, I think that this group of women who grew up in the 60s and 70s, and we're the senior group right now. Yep. I think we're cool as Yeah. <laughs> strong. I think we're really knowledgeable. And I think we have a lot to offer. And I think that we can get it started. We got the power. We've got the voice. We're not afraid to use it at this stage. Of, my sister always says to me, I don't care anymore. I'm going to say exactly how I feel. I said, well, I've been saying that all my life, you know? Well, I mean, think about the role models we had, you know, and there are many. I mean, I got to share the stage and got tutored by Shirley MacLaine. And, you know, when Shirley MacLaine tutors you on how to own a stage, you listen, right? Right. I, I love Shirley. I just love her. Dee Wallace is one of my, one of my friends. These are women. I never thought ever this kid from the Bronx, literally homeless at 17, would be talking to women that I just admired so much. And you live in this world, but we have to be bolder. You know, when, and I, I got a reference, Gloria Steinem, she wasn't the only one, but she said some things that took a lot of grief for it. Yes. And I asked her about that. I said, you know, I could pinpoint one thing I heard you say once, and I can only imagine the grief you got. And, you know, we were talking and I was thinking today, if she'd have said this today, how would the reaction be? Do you remember? Remember when she was like now, the now organization? What happened to them? Remember now? Yeah. They didn't want lesbians in the now. now. Right. And she stood up in the middle of like a big rally when asked about it and said, very simply, Gloria Steinem with the, uh, the glasses, we are all lesbians. That line, mm-hmm. bold, controversial, got everybody's attention. Yeah. Now, back then, you say something like that and like, now you say it. And you get fan mail. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, we started we started the uh, National Writers Association um, in Boston, and uh, Marilyn French came to speak after she wrote her book. I think it's Fathers and Daughters, or anyways, I asked her a question about the the point of view she used, and she turned on me. 
and I can't remember exactly what she said, so I'm not going to quote her, but it was almost like, you know, why are you asking me that? Why are you focusing on the male part of the book when so obviously it's about the female? She snapped me down and I thought, whoa, I have never had so much respect for a woman than at that moment because she had no problem telling me where to go and how to get there. Um, but yeah. it just up until that point, I don't think I've seen, I had seen anybody besides my own mother who was strong enough to do that. You know, I love that you bring that up. We're going to take a short break when we come back. What we're going to talk about is here and now. Why now and how now? Because what you've gotten in you, I don't think you left anything out of this book. I Honestly, I'm in awe how you got it all in here. But how is it that we know or we can know that we have got that divine in us, divine feminine, divine masculine, but the goddess. And what would you give your goddess's name? Can you even own that you may have that energy inside you? And what do you relate to? When people come in my house and they go in a couple of different rooms I have in here, like you, I've got a picture, like I got pictures on every wall. I mean, you could see from my background what's going on here, but if you go into some of the other rooms of my house and they look at the posters I have on the wall, they say to me, wow, I've never seen a poster of Athena like that. Why does she have the head of Medusa on her? Mm. Now, when we come back, how do you find it? What do you do with it? Uh, Dr. Dawn Reno Langley is joining me here today. Here's the book. I think, Jacob, you're showing pictures of this now. When we come back and we are taking your calls, do you have a goddess within you? Do you want to tell us what it is? Would you like to share? 1-800-930-2819. And if you don't think the goddess is back, just stop for a moment, just for a moment, and ask yourself, now, what pop culture movie will I be watching? What, what am I going to be watching? Or what have I watched in that? Was it Black Widow? Oh, do you think that's not a goddess? Oh, wait a minute. How about the eyes of Tammy Faye? Do you think that doesn't have goddess energy? When we come back, more from Dawn, Reno, Langley, and you are divine. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You've been listening. But are you watching? Tune in to your favorite shows on the Transformation Talk Radio Facebook page. We stream live video podcasts every day, and we love to hear from you. Leave comments and questions for the host to address live, on the air, and get to know the faces behind the voices you love. Just go to Facebook and search for Transformation Talk Radio. Yeah, yippee skippy to that, baby. Don't miss Colette Marie Stephan on The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Colette is a renowned energy worker here to help you see the serendipitous humor of the truth. It's funny. Tune in and laugh with Colette. Shift into your highest potential. Call into the show to work on your personal shift with Colette and visit TheTruthIsFunny.com to learn more about all the life-shifting services Colette offers. 
Want to ignite your best life full of joy, passion, and purpose? Then join me, Stephanie James, for The Spark, Wednesday nights, 6 o'clock Pacific Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, on TransformationTalkRadio.com, and learn how together we can illuminate the world. Learn more on stephaniejames.world. The best is yet to come. Hi, I'm Coach Martez. And I'm licensed therapist with Drina Layton. We want to invite you to join us on the Coach Martez and with Drina Layton show, where we discuss understanding love, accepting truth, and changing your perspectives. Relationships are the currency to life, and so many couples find themselves broke in their relationships. We want you to join us for a lively discussion and practical tips and insights on how to turn things around and gain the merit for life mindset. It is time to get inspired to take action in your life. Tune in to know you're crazy. 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 With me, Susan Denae, we are identifying, understanding, and treating our crazy one episode at a time. We all have crazy in our lives. The thing that sets us apart is how we deal with it. And I've got you covered. Enjoy your journey. You are worth it. Visit SusanDenae.com. That's D-E-N-E-E dot com. You're driven, and it totally shows. Your career is taking off. You're killing it in the mom game. But did your health needs make it on the plate this week? Tune in to Boss Up Babes, where Carissa Adkins helps babes show up, boss up, and thrive. Every second and fourth Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Become the boss babe you were meant to be. To sign up for one of Carissa's group coaching programs, visit 365DailyHustle.com. Hey everybody, it's me, Psychic Medium Jamie. And me, Spirit Walker Nicole. We are so excited to introduce you to our new live call-in show called Shades of Spirit on TransformationTalkRadio.com. As we connect you with your crossed over loved ones, angels, and guides, and also help you develop your own psychic and healing abilities. For more information and to book your own private experience, go to ShadesOfSpirit.com and also follow us on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are you ready to find out who you really are? Are you ready to have fun and listen to the soul part of yourself? Indulge in a deeper meaning with Laura Goldstein, host of Coffee with the Universe. This show will awaken that true self hidden deep within you and will get you energized on who you were created to be. So go ahead, grab your cup of joe and experience Coffee with the Universe with Laura Goldstein on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. Yes, you are divine. A search for the goddess in all of us. Again, as I said before, uh, if you want to call in and just tell us what goddess you relate to, go ahead and do it. 1-800-930-2819. Also, Dawn, would you just let folks know how they can find out more about you? Because, I mean, the book is one thing, right? You're an award-winning author. You're a writing coach. You have blogs, you have articles, there's a whole bunch. What is the best way for people to tap into that? Well, they can go on my website, which is donrenolangley.net. And they can find me on Facebook. I have two pages on Facebook and um, Rewired Creatives is my business. So it's rewiredcreatives.com for the coaching and editing business. Mm. I'm all over the place. You can't miss me. Yeah, I have to do a search. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we don't want to miss you. Um, look, I want to talk about 
the next step for us. Because as I went through the book, I went through it twice, read it once, and then I read it, I think it was last night, I I read it again. You have not left much out. You know, and I think about the books that I've read. What? I have. I've left a lot out. Well, I was just going to go there. I was going to say, you have not left much out. And yet, there's so much more to say. Yes, I have just touched the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) I'll tell you, I could go on and on and on. And I really would, I would like to because up to this point, just about 90% of what's been written about goddesses has been written by men. And I don't have anything against men. Seriously, I don't. But I would like our voice to be heard. You know, the Me Too movement is not just about women saying, I've been abused and I join with, with everybody else who's been, it's a a joining of voices saying, you know, this is a story that you haven't heard or that, you know, we've been shutting our mouths about. So it's time for us to, to tell you the stories and to, uh, to continue to tell them and not to have to, you know, I, I, I don't want to have to continue the repeat of the same thing. And I'm going to tell you a real quick story. Please do, please. I went through a lot of abuse when I was uh, married to my first husband. And it was during the 70s. And I didn't get any help whatsoever from the police and courts. Just recently, I had to go to the police station for the same kind of incident. Now, mind you, this is 50 years later. And their response was exactly the same as it had been in the 70s. And I sat there in that police station and I looked at the cop who was now this the age of maybe somebody, one of my nephews. And I looked at him and I said, so what has to happen now? You, I have to be killed before you're going to do something? And he s- sat back and that afternoon came down and sat in front of my house because I had basically shamed him into doing it. But that kind of stuff needs to stop. You know, we have we have a voice. I mean, we have our population, the female population of the world is at least two to three percent higher than the male population. We have the numbers. All we have to do is say enough. You know, this isn't going to happen anymore. We want the respect that's due us. We want to be treated like whatever is about us whether our body is very large and luscious or whether we've got a brain the size of the grand canyon or we want to dance down the street in you know ballet shoes i don't care what it is we should be respected for whatever we want to do with ourselves and see that quality no matter where we look you know, we have the numbers. We need to have the voices. Right. We, we well, don't have the voices. I think um, we, do. we can't even have a dialogue. You know, we're expanding, expanding our network. And we've got requests to as to which channels people want next. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are three that come to mind. Right. You know, one of them is uh, launch your women's channel. You need to do that. Uh, the next one is. You need to bring back the green channel, the, you know, the climate, whatever you're going to call it. And then the fourth one, there's a toss up. 
And what do I mean by a toss up? One we're being asked to put up wasn't on our radar until about 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. That is a, a channel which allows conversations, you know, a different type of, I'm going to use the word political because I don't have another word for it yet, but a channel where people can have conversations, where they can work things out, where, where you can ask a question and not be afraid that you're not politically correct. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I, look, I had somebody on the show a couple of months ago and they said that we were talking about um, the, the domestic partnership, gay marriage, you know, things like that. We were talking about, actually, it was about transgender in the Olympics. And the guest fumbled because they said, I apologize. I think it's LGBTQ. And I know there are other letters, but I don't know what they are. So we've gotten so paranoid. And I said, here. It's LGBTQ for you. I get your point. But we have to remove the paranoia at being so practically and perfectly correct. And, you know, I'm talking to, you know, the the people that are in my family spectrum on both the Latino side and the Mediterranean side. We have to be able to allow conversations that allow us to mess up sometimes. And that's we are afraid. Yep. That's the difference between conversations, which is what I want to see happen with this particular book, yep. you know, not discussions, conversations, conversations, uh, two people from different cultures, maybe different races sitting down and saying, so what is it like in your religious philosophy? How did you see yourself growing up? Oh, wow. That's interesting. Let me tell you what's on my side. Yep. Yep. Just sharing of information. We don't have to say you need to do it my way. You don't have to. You're doing it beautifully fine just the way you are. We had a request from one of our listeners that wanted me to do a show. I was I do another show called Power Up with Dr. Pat. And so that is a show that is is a little bit more controversial, you know, really digs into some of the issues. And they wanted me to do an interesting show. They wanted me to bring a panel together on the show of people that wanted to talk about the violation of having to wear a mask, having to be vaccinated. And, and on the same panel, the people that were anti-abortion people. And I said, oh, that's a great conversation. Let's bring it together. So what was the underlying premise they wanted to explore? And it was so beautifully put by the listener. I'm probably not going to do her justice. But what she says is, I need to understand the philosophy behind don't tell me to wear a mask. Don't tell me what to do with my body around the vaccination. But yet, I can't support any version of abortion. And for me, I wanted to have that conversation because I want to hear it. I want to know how I have to change my philosophies and understanding. I couldn't get anybody to do the panel. <laughs> come on, just, you're not going to be made wrong. No, I'm not going to talk to them. We have got to stop that. See, we can't be this. You know, we cannot be this. Right. Women used to always talk. You know, we used to hang the clothes out in the backyard 
and talk over the clothesline, share recipes, share, yeah. uh, you know, Tommy's got a hundred degree temperature. What do I do? You know, all of that back and forth information has been torn from us. There's a beautiful play. It's actually called the clothesline, which um, Nina Freeland, Freeland of uh, Durham, who's a Grammy award winning artist, um, did a wonderful job with that play, but it's all about that culture of the clothesline and, you know, women's jobs and how women basically shared all the information. We don't do that anymore. No, you've nailed it in your book. I think you talk about the strength of fireside tales and uh, clothesline chats. Yeah. Um, And I don't ever remember my female relatives, the women in my family, always agreeing on anything. And yet they did it in a way where when all was over, there was no hard feelings. There was no resentment. And mm-hmm. when you talk about the strength of Fireside Tales and Clothesline Chats, how do you see the strength of that playing out in what we need in the future for us to bring our voices back? I think that they're a metaphor. I don't think we're going to have fireside chats or clothesline <laughs> chats anymore. I think they're a metaphor for what you exactly. We're, you know, now we've got Zoom calls that we can have 200 people on. Hopefully we will have meetings where we can have people face to face. Right now, I'm thinking that I mean, I'm, I'm even feeling with this with this book, I've done a lot of books in my life. And with this book, I did not want to go out and do the big, you know, whirlwind tour around the United States like I did with the last book. I wanted to get together with small groups yeah. of women because I think that's where it starts and that's where it spreads and that's where the strength is. So do I need to talk to 5,000 women? It would be wonderful to do that, but I think it would lose its power because the power is in that small group that trusts each other, that talks to each other, and that is embodied with a message that they believe in enough to go and tell somebody else. Yeah. I would love to, I would love to organize. As a matter of fact, myself and a couple of other hosts are looking at how we can organize something for, for the summer, but it's small things. It's like, uh, I'm at a meeting and one of the women at my table looks at one of the young women at another table and then another woman, not so young at another table. And they're, and by the way, these were the keynote speakers. They didn't know that. And, and says, that's just ridiculous. And I'm like, Oh, like what? Because they had tank tops on, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a summertime, right? It wasn't a summertime event. And they said, those tattoos are ridiculous. And I looked at one of them that I knew. And I said, wait a minute, Mary, your husband has got like tattoos. Like, what are you saying? Like, you hate your husband's tattoos? She said, no, they look great on him, but they look horrible on them. That little, just that one line of bias. Judging, yeah. I thought they looked great. And then when they got up to be the keynote speakers, you could hear a pin drop at that table. Um, And they were fantastic. 
we have lightened up on some of that. See, then when I think about where we are today, we have less and less of that. Mm-hmm. You know, how women show up. Yep. Those, yep. How women show up now, we have less and less to say about that than we did years ago. Um, I want to ask you this in the last in a few minutes we have left. Um, goddess energy and the strength that it is showing. I, I don't care what it is. I don't care if you're watching a movie like The Eternals or, you know, a cartoon series about it's it's embedded almost everywhere in our pop culture in some way. How do we help? our sisters and brothers bring that divine feminine to the forefront. Sometimes I think it just takes a few moments of thinking about how we connect rather than trying to fill the space with all kinds of words about how we don't. Um, I moved to the ocean about six months ago and I've spent a lot of time silent. And I've discovered, you know, like Thoreau did, you know, the guys were silent and they could write the books, but the women were were home making the dinners. But I've discovered that, you know, it really does take sitting with oneself to realize what, what powers you might have and to connect with with others that, you know, you can feel the energy, but you might not necessarily see them. Mm-hmm. I am going through yoga t- teacher turn, teacher training, teacher certification training that mm-hmm. didn't come out right. And we've done a lot of talking about meditation and about the power of meditation. And I've seen it come to fruition when I've been in Buddhist groups, I'm Buddhist. Um, and even with the power of prayer in a church, that intense, concentration by a number of breathing living souls at the same time is scientifically one of the most powerful things we can do on earth yeah not only that but if we're intent on looking inside and and really seeing the goddess seeing the divine uh we are not so inclined to be trying to fill that space with negative energy. Yeah. And we're recognizing that the person across from us really wants the same things in life that we do. Yeah. We all want love. We all want a roof over our heads and family and somebody to hug at night. You know, that's the same, no matter what we look like, no matter what gender, what sexuality, what race, anything. Yeah. I, I, I think that, you know, what you just said, is so pivotal. And I think, you know, I've been trying to figure out how we do that in the digital age, really. I mean, there's a way to do it. I know there is. Um, I, I know we'll figure it out. And I, and I can recall being an executive in human resources in what was once the phone company, having a horrible, horrible time with diversity. And we started individual groups but we couldn't figure out how to bring them together. I remember being at a board meeting and they could not figure out how do we get these different groups to talk? This group won't talk to the gay people. This one won't talk to the men. This one won't talk. I remember this. 
you know, this group from East India won't talk to this group. I mean, I remember being at the boardroom, right? Because I wor- I was, a, you know, worked for the president of the company at the time. And I just looked at him and, and, and Urban looked over at me and he said, well, what do you think? It's your job. I said, this is easy for me. Let's have a food festival. Mm-hmm. Let's have a food festival and set up booths. Let's have food everywhere around, like each of the group bring and celebrate the food of whatever they want. And Irwin said to me, he was the only one. He said, you know, I figured a woman would say that. And all of the other vice presidents said, let's vote on that. And they voted on it. And we had the most incredible. And it became quarterly. Mm -hmm. We have to ha- figure out how to have a digital food best. I'm sorry. We have to figure something like you discussed and like I'm talking about. Yep. And I'm all for it. I'm all <laughs> for it. definitely on board. You know, I think it's all about celebrating the differences. You know, each one of the goddesses is definitely different. You know, Athena does not stand for the same thing Parvati does or yes. Joan of Arc or any of the saints. Um, but we can find part of ourselves somewhere in there and say, well, you know, that's a goddess. So I, I have that. I embody that. And I am too, you know? Yeah. And you've given us a wide range to, to really look at. And so many questions that we can explore about ourselves, which are beautiful. And that's really what I take away from this book. I'm sure there'll be more things that you will write about. But I see this as an invitation for us to step into the space of honoring, yes. you know, and start with ourselves. You know, Dawn, thank you for today. Uh, please, again, give out your website. How do people get a copy of your book? Please tell folks. It, the book is on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all your independent bookstores or Llewellyn's website. My website is www.dawnrenolangley.net. And my business is www.rewiredcreatives.com. And all you have to do is do a search and you can find me on Facebook too. Or I love it. Or Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> One last question for you. Thank you for today. Let me thank you for today. And I have a funny feeling that we'll be speaking again soon. I'd love to know your personal message. I'd really love to know what you'd like to leave all of us with today. Every morning, I have a meditation that I do on the beach. And it's a mantra that my yoga instructor says. And I just want to leave it for everybody else if they can repeat it silently to themselves. I am enough. I do enough. I have enough. I give enough. I'm exactly where I need to be. And I'm perfectly perfect just the way I am. Namaste. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me here today. For those of you out there that are just tuning in, you want to be reminded it's you are divine, a search for the goddess in all of us right here. Take a look at that. Uh, Great conversation, lots in the book for you to think about, explore. And for me, my message to you all is it's okay to own it. It's really okay. It's okay to own it. That actually is the next step. Empowerment is a word unless we truly do step in and own our power. Thank you, Benny. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Dawn, so much. Thank you, Pat. Uh, 
Thanks to the best listening audience on the planet. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time, everybody. Mm-hmm.